Okay, welcome to episode eight. Um, I'm sorry, episode nine. I just wrote this down so I won't forget it and I already said it wrong. Um, we're in episode nine of That's Not a Bag of Trash. And this week, uh, Christy and I are going to dive into what is, I really call, the episode is called Down the Rabbit Hole because it couldn't be more true of any other case that I've looked into. Um, but this is the Delphi murders. Um, so we are going to talk about what happened, kind of look at the theories, and just, you know, really I think more discuss why is this case so fascinating and, um, you know, what is it about this case. So, enjoy. Hello. Hello. Take two. <laughs> Good. All right. So this week, I don't even know why I say week because it's like this six-month time frame. I feel like we haven't recorded in a while. I don't remember even when we put our last episode out. Probably talked about over six months ago. Yeah, it has to be. Now I'm like really curious. Um, Can you see? Do you have your record of it? I do. I'm well. I'm going through the podcast. Uh, God, I don't even remember what we talked about last. Oh, we talked about Scream. So that was uh, October. So yeah, six months. We're on top of our game. We're so good. We are so good at this podcasting thing. Um, So we've talked about, like on the side, you and I have talked about, after the Scream one, we're going to like do like movies that inspired all different cases I like I feel like we had even one lined up that we were going to talk about and then I don't, I don't know life happened I think during the holidays and we just haven't got to do one so I think when we finally were like all right we're going to record I was like let's do the Delphi murders because I know you and I had both heard of it but I at least for me I the details that I've, like I've gotten into are insane um so I'm just going to give you a quick or everybody a quick recap on what the Delphi murders is. Um, they occurred in uh, Delphi, Indiana, which I believe is about 45 minutes away from Indianapolis. It's a tiny, tiny town of only 3,000 people, um, mostly farmland. So houses are pretty spread out. Um, in February, on February 13th of 2017, um, 13-year-old Abby Williams and 14-year-old Libby Germain um, had the day off of school unexpectedly. They um, they didn't have enough snow days that year, so they they factor in snow days in advance. So they end up basically getting a free day off. So they had this Monday off and decided to have a sleepover the night before, and um, they decided to go hiking on the trail system to the um, Monon High Bridge. And so they just wanted to go out there. They wanted to take pictures. Um, so they went out there in the afternoon and her um it was Libby's dad was supposed to pick them up but they didn't really have a set time he just said probably around like two hours he needed because he was doing a job for his um his mom Libby's grandmother and so like they're thinking it'd be 3 three thirty. and so when they weren't answering their phone he started looking for them and you know calling other relatives and you know, no one was really too concerned at this point because they figured that they just, you know, the I'll get into actually how the bridge looks, um, but they were worried that maybe they got hurt and that they were just maybe a little bit off the trail. And, like, it's a huge trail system, so he kind of was walking around looking everywhere. Um, his He calls his parents, and they come to help. They end up calling the sister who was at her boyfriend's house. Kelsey was at her boyfriend's house, and then she was supposed to go into work, but she told work she was going to be late because she wanted to go find the girls. And then later it got, like, when it got to, like, around 5 o'clock and um, they were calling the phone, only Libby had a phone, too. Um, Abby did not. They decided, like, it was time to probably call the police. Um, so they started the search around 5.30. Um, the police also, you know, no one's really concerned at this point. Again, they think that the girls are hurt somewhere or maybe they, you know, didn't stay in that area. Maybe they kind of ran off together to a friend's house. They just didn't think that anything suspicious was going on. And they ended up calling off the search about midnight, um... And then it resumed the next morning on February 14th around like 10 in the morning, which is kind of late, I think, to start. But the family was um, a lot of the family was out almost the whole night and then we're back at it at like 430 in the morning. I think some of them went out to search. 
um, they ended up finding their bodies um, at 2 p.m. And uh, and the next day, it was declared that it was a double homicide. So the reason this case, I think, caught my eye like five years ago was because Libby had recorded a video um, of a man on a bridge. They're on this bridge. And she had a video of him, and it has a small audio clip that says, go down the hill. So they released this um, shortly after this all happened. I'll get more into dates as as I explain more. But um, it seemed like at that point, you know, five years ago when you hear this, you know, there's two girls, tiny town. They have a video, you know, and they released the still. So you have a a picture, a photo of this guy. So it seems like it should be cut and dry. Yep. Yeah, like, yeah, easy, resolve quickly. There's no way that this case would still be open, but it's now five years later, and they still have um, no arrests in the murder. So, um, do you, so do you remember see, when this first came out? Like, do you recall this case? I do, I do, and I think I actually kind of, I don't want to say dismissed it, but didn't really get too into it because I thought they it would be kind of a like you said a cut and dry case, and that they would find person um based off the time frames and and uh and the being a small town um and then i did hear a podcast with the sister um i think it was it was within the year um it was still kind of fresh and then to be honest after that i kind of forgot about it yep same i feel like i I saw it in the news. I thought it was crazy, but yeah, I thought it'd be solved quickly or someone would certainly recognize the sketch. Um, and then I don't even remember why this popped in my head recently. Something must have come out about it or I don't know if like I listened to a different podcast and they like mentioned cases that were crazy like this. I don't know. For whatever reason, this case came back into my mind probably like a month or two ago. And I'm like, well, I'm going to start researching it and kind of just getting into, you know, everything because I couldn't remember many of the details um besides kind of what I had told you yeah so I mean the cra- I don't even know where to start with this case I mean the craziest thing about this case again is that they don't have anyone arrested um they have I guess I mean I think they've even admitted this is pro- part of the problem is that they have like too many cooks in the kitchen so Delphi is you know a tiny town in Indiana they start out with you know local police um but then they bring in the Indiana state police um, who they've kind of been Doug Carter is the Indiana state um, police rep that kind of has been overseeing the case. And he's been, um, you know, he's kind of been the main point of contact, but then eventually they bring in the FBI because it just, you know, I have the, um, yeah, I don't have the date of when they were brought in though. I'm just trying to find that. Um, so it's the FBI, the small town, and then the Indiana State Police. But it, when they were asked about it more recently, they said there's like over like 25 or something different organizations all playing a part in this search and in the, you know, in the case trying to solve it. So that's just, it's crazy. I wonder if it's, um, I wonder if they're counting like the, de- I don't know, I'm going to say like departments because I'm sure it's. It must be, yeah, it must be different departments, like, within, I'm sure, within the state police, within the FBI, and everything. So, um, so first I just want to say, you know, I, like, actually was really nervous putting this out because people are so obsessed with this case right now and constantly going for podcasts. So, like, this is definitely not a podcast that, not that we have any listeners, but if we did, <laughs> where we're, like, putting out any new information, like, we definitely do research on things, but it's more you and I kind of talking about what we think about the case, what we've heard, um, yeah. Yeah. not putting anything out that we suspect any, you know, any names that we, if we, I don't even know if I'll drop names, I probably won't use names, maybe I'd use initials, besides for the two individual or the one individual who's arrested and his dad, Um but I got so much information, which I've told you. Um, like, I started with Reddit, which was probably the worst place to start because you just go into, like, crazy rabbit holes of all these different people. Everything is encoded with um, initials, and it makes it really hard to kind of figure out who they're talking about. But, like, you just – I mean, I was – I feel like every night I was doing research for the past two weeks at least, and it's been, like, it's depressing to do because it's such a hard case. Um, and, like, really – 
I can, you know, I can kind of quickly run through what the timelines are. There's very little facts out there. I think that's what makes this case tough. Very interesting because out of, I mean, like I said to you the other day, they didn't, didn't even release the, the, the uh, cause of death. Yeah. Yep. The cause of death. Um, they decided to not release that. Um, no, which isn't, I think that's a normal tactic to kind of protect, um, you know, if someone's calling in and claiming to do it, but, you know, but, would say the wrong cause of death, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, and not, but not to find it, because usually, especially being a small town, you would think that people would be talking and it would be out there. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. So it is, I will say, you know, there are, I found uh, texts that were leaked somewhere, you know, from supposedly somebody who had found the bodies and it, it described the crime scene in detail. But again, no one, um, that's not confirmed. Yeah. You yeah. don't, and even, you know, text can be, you know, somebody could just make that whole thing up. So you just, you don't know. There's so much about this case that is speculation and there are so many people that fit the bill, you know, and even the suspect himself is, you know, in the, so I think one of the craziest things is the idea of the sketches. So I'm going to quickly, I'm going to start again from the beginning with actual times. So we can, you guys, you can see um, exactly like how this all went down. Um, all right. So it is, go to, sorry, this is taking longer. So this starts at, our timeline basically starts at 140. So 140, Libby's older sister, Kelsey, drops her and Abby off at the nature trail. So one thing I want to say about this and Kelsey I, I gotta say Kelsey gets a lot of um not hate but some people think that she knows more than she's letting on to which I think is awful I think she's one she's 17 at the time of the murder she's only 22 now um she I think that you know the first few months after this happened she's just I'm sure running on pure adrenaline and you know you don't when you lose someone in this way I mean I can't even speculate what, what she feels like but you're not gonna remember everything and people yeah. give her crap like that's um, as an adult I think I'd be like all over the place yeah yes never mind (laughs) yeah exactly so and she does say which is I think just heartbreaking that originally she wasn't going to drive them she you know she had to work that night um she wanted to hang out with her boyfriend so she said no that she wasn't going to drive them to the trails and then she said, you know, I always say no. And I, and she felt bad for her sister. And so she said that, you know, she agreed to do it. So um, the reason that she, they have the time is that she knew that she called her boyfriend right after um, she had dropped them off. So she has like the time that they were on the phone. So 140 is the first, you know, is the start of this. Mm-hmm. Um, at 205, there's a picture posted of um, from Libby of the bridge on the Mon- the Monon High Bridge. Um, so this bridge is 70 feet tall, I believe, in the in the center. Um, so it's on, like, there's a river that runs uh, below it. And it's an old, old bridge. Like, I would never walk across this bridge. Um, like, if they have recordings of um, looking kind of, like, at the the old railroad tracks. And it's, like you know, there's parts that are missing. There's like broken pieces. Like it's not, you have to pay, if you don't know the bridge, I would say you have to pay close attention as you're walking across it. You know, like you wouldn't, you and I would not walk confidently across this because you'd have, you know, there's no railings. You're just walking on the 70 high foot open bridge. Right. So it's just, it's crazy. Um, How long is that I don't know. I oh. don't, I didn't write that down. It's, um, it pretty- it's pretty long. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good distance across. Um, and I think technically it's like you're not really supposed to go out on it. I think there might there used to be bar- – or I'm sorry, there are barriers today. I don't know if the barriers were there then. Um, but that will play into some of the theories. Um, so at 205, Libby posted her picture to Snapchat of the bridge. So the question, of course, is sna- the way Snapchat works is, you know, you can post pictures, but they disappear within 24 hours. You can send texts to people and they disappear within 24 hours. So Snapchat definitely gets a bad rep because uh, people use it for, you know, sharing not so great pictures. Um, you know, just a lot of things can happen because it, well, it's not recorded on there. It doesn't, you know, it doesn't save into, you know, your history. It's not like Facebook or Instagram where you post it and it's still there unless you delete it. It disappears. 
Which so the, kind of amazes me that there's not something in the background recording it, but go on. So I believe there is now as Snapchat has evolved. I don't think there was then. Um, so the still- two, yeah, it was still early stages. Um, so that's 205. But again, we don't know if that's 205 was when the picture is taken or 205 is when it's posted. But that's just the timeline. At 207, she posts a picture of Abby walking across the bridge. Um, I believe they said Abby had never been there. So it was our first time walking across. So I'm sure that Libby was super proud of her. Um, Abby was a little bit nervous about, I think, going over the bridge. So I'm sure that's why she took the picture. Um, so Libby lives with her grandparents. Um, the Patties is their last name. Um, her dad is was in and out of jail which also gets, you know, constant attention for that, um, for drugs, though, not, you know, nothing violent, nothing even close to anything like this. Um, but at this time, he is out of jail, and he lives at the house, too, but the grandparents have custody. So Derek is the name of Libby's dad. He's going to pick up the girls, um, as I said, around 3 to 3.30. So at 3.11 is when Libby's dad called her to let him know that he was close to picking up the girls, but she didn't answer. So he thought that was a little bit odd, but, you know, he kind of dismissed it. 3.14 is when he pulls into the parking lot. He doesn't see them. Um, I think he calls again, and she doesn't answer. So now he's like, okay, what's going on? Um, So at this point, it's now 3.15. He sees a man in a flannel shirt, um, which if you go into Reddit, if you ever see anything that says flannel shirt guy, this is witness number one. So uh, he asks flannel shirt guy, have you seen the girls? This guy answers that no, he didn't see them, but he saw a couple on the bridge and that they were arguing. So Derek, Libby's dad. What? I didn't see anything about that. Yeah. So there's, that's um, the second set of witnesses. Um, So Derek starts walking along a trail. Um, This one leads to the creek edge. So it's not the same trail that the girls had been on. He doesn't see them. Turns around again, and then he passes flannel shirt guy again. So it's now 4 p.m. He goes back to his car. He calls uh, Tara, um, who is Libby's aunt, and then Becky, Patty, who is Libby's grandmother. Um, And then they also call Kelsey, who is at her boyfriend's house. Um, And so at this point, Kelsey is when Kelsey calls out of work. Becky, the grandmother, is about to leave for the trail. And then Libby's uncle, Cody, um, is also joining in the search. So they end up driving two different possible paths just to see if the girls exited uh, the trail system and see if they could just see them walking, kind of covering more ground. So both both drove separate ways, did not see them. Um, So Becky and Cody end up parking. They arrive to the parking lot, but at this point it's getting full. So another thing, although this is February in Indianapolis or I'm sorry, Delphi, Indiana, it's a super warm day. Like it's I think it was in the sixties. So, um, you know, tons of people are out walking because it's, you know, winters are pretty harsh there. So it gets really busy. So they end up having to park their car kind of more in a ditch, but not in the main parking lot. Um, and that I feel like I wrote that down because I thought maybe it would uh, have some significance later because it's mentioned, but it, it it's just a note. Um, so they all continue to search. Uh, Kelsey is continuing to call the phone. So it's ringing and she's trying to see if she can just hear it ringing, but she's not hearing it from anywhere. But, you know, the phone could be on silent. Um, it could just be on vibrate. And that's why um, Becky actually calls AT&T, who's Libby's aunt, to see if they can do like a find my phone or to ping Libby's phone but Libby didn't have find my phone set up on her phone and they AT&T was a little bit confused about you know what was going on so they just basically said they couldn't help I think if they maybe knew a little bit more it would have been a different scenario but um, they weren't able to help with anything like that because find my phone wasn't uh, installed so now it's 5 p.m. so this is the time that they figured that the offender had left um, the area so, you know, that gives him between 2.05 to 5 p.m., so about a three-hour window. Um, so they decide that they're going to call the police. At 5.20, the police report is made to say the girls are officially missing. Um, Becky Patty is calling Anna, 
who is Abby's mom. So um, Anna had Abby when she was only 19. So she just says that, you know, they definitely grew up together. You know, they're more like friendly than mother and daughter because they're so close in age. Um, so Anna's actually at work and not answering. So Becky goes to drive to her work, you know, to tell her that she needs to file a police report. Anna ends up calling her back and they go to the police station together. Um, and at this point, family and friends are posting all over social media and everyone in the town is kind of coming out to the trails to help. Um, Kelsey goes to the police station at six and that's when she shows the police the Snapchats. Um, Libby's grandfather uh, goes home and he gets all of her electronics, her iPad, her laptop, anything that she had used um, and brings that in for the police. So at 1030, Libby's phone is reported as turned off or dead at this time. So the calls are no longer going through. Mm-hmm. Um, at 1159, the search is called off until morning because of darkness um, and also because of for the safety of the searchers and the police department, because the way this hill is, it's again, it's 70, or I'm sorry, the bridges, it's 70 feet up, but it's down huge embankments on either side. And they just didn't want anyone, you know, in that area getting hurt because it's, you know, it's super dark. Um, so there are a bunch of firefighters and civilians unofficially continuing to search throughout the night. And I've heard different things. I've heard that people stopped around um, like 2 a.m., but then I've heard that some people did stay out all night looking. Um, so Mike, Patty, who's Libby's grandfather, drops Becky at home, and then he goes back to search um, after midnight. And I think, again, he was out pretty late, if not over overnight. Um, let's see. So two, now we're into Tuesday of 2.14. Uh, the search resumes at 4.32 a.m. by the family and the friends. Um, at 11.26, the police are telling them to stay away from the bridge, so dogs can pick up a scent. And I'm sure that's because of the Snapchat. You know, that's where they ha- they know the girls were there. Um, at 2 p.m., the bodies were found. It's not confirmed yet. The police actually kind of kept it quiet when they were first found um, on purpose. So people were still out looking. And they think this could also be a huge, you know, one of the issues with the case is that people may have been walking in the area that they considered the crime scene and not know it because... They say the crime scene kind of started near the edge of the riverbank and then uh, further back where the girls were found. Um, So and then the next day, the autopsy comes out just to reveal that it's a double homicide. No cause of death is revealed. Mm -hmm. Um, A few days later. um, Oh, here. Good. I do have the dates on 422. So about nine, eight, nine days later, a sketch comes out. So the sketch comes out. um, And. Oh, I'm sorry. That's the wrong one. Ten days later, the original sketch comes out, which looks like an older man. Like, he looks, probably to me, he looks like in his 50s, and it matches, it seems to match the guy in the video. Yeah. So he's in his, you know, looks 40 to 50. Um, He looks heavy, but it's kind of like, he's, you know, his face looks heavier set. And then in the video, same thing. He looks heavy but you can't tell if he's just wearing baggy clothes so it's kind of misleading on how much he weighed i believe they said he was anywhere between 180 and 220 they thought around six feet tall but again looks to be in his 50s yeah so yeah so for two years they're thinking this is a 50 year old guy and you know the family even talks about constantly when they're in the town you're looking at everybody you're listening you know for that voice i think that this uh video came out the audio came out of the person saying down the hill um i believe about the same time the sketch came out um so you know they're kind of they're listening for people's voices out in public they're looking at everyone they encounter and just super suspicious well fast forward to 422 19 the case is still open uh they hold a press conference and they basically are saying that um the original sketch we put out is not correct uh this is the new sketch this is who we should be looking for and sketch two is a young guy, like much younger. He looks and he doesn't look as heavy. Um, what prompted that? So that's where, so th- that's where people have a lot of problems. So they don't know what the, and the police have said kind of different things. So they do want to say that the sketches are not the same person. So this is two people. Now, both sketches were done back in 2017 and according to police, they were so it's two different people who drew them, 
but they're taken from eyewitnesses. So one eyewitness has an older man and one eyewitness has a younger man. Um, But the police are saying at this time that the younger sketch is the correct one. Um, So let's see. So then they also say they have, you know, another big bombshell to release. So on the 22nd of 2017 is when they released the audio of him saying down the hill. Two years later, they release a a longer clip, but the only difference is that it says guys, and then it has like a little bit of a pause down the hill. Um, So it's speculated that there's actually talking like the girls talking in between the voicing guys. And then they're kind of talking about the suspect. And then he says down the hill. Um, So I think what that, you know, is suggesting that is there or this person is ordering them to go down the hill. Um, But that's all. That's all they release. They do admit that the, that the video is longer. Um, The crime is not recorded, but the video is longer, but there's nothing substantial in the video, you know, besides what they've released. There's nothing else that helps point anything in any direction. Um, They think that Libby had her phone either in her pocket at this point. So that's why it sounds kind of grainy. So I don't know if the only, you know, if the only picture you can see is when he's, when they show him on the bridge or what, and then she kind of put it in her pocket and you can just hear the audio. I'm not sure. Um, They do say that, you know, the autopsy is going to remain sealed and um, they do say that DNA was recovered, but they say it's not what you think. Um, So, you know, I know it was released and I don't know if this was in a separate interview, but um, that neither girl was sexually assaulted. Um, But again, they have, I believe they called it touch DNA. So I think someone thinks it could just be a partial maybe fingerprint on clothes or something like that. But nothing, you know, I mean, not that you want anything bad to happen, but, you know, semen is like the best, it would be a great thing to find somewhere near it. So, but they don't, it sounds like they don't have anything like that. Um, so there's still, you know, the family I'm sure is super frustrated at this time. I know Libby has in interviews has said that she, you know, she was frustrated with the police at the beginning um, because she was being interviewed a lot too. And that was really, you know, tough because she was the last person to see them alive. Um, but you know, now she's, you know, hundred percent on the side of the police and, you know, believes, you know, they're doing the right thing and everything has reasons. Um, so one of the, one of the, uh, last press conferences, and I think, I believe it was this one in 2019 or it might've been 2020. I think it was a 2019 one. Um, Doug Carter, he's really, you know, this is Indiana, so he's super religious, but he talks a lot about this movie called The Shack which is about um, a father whose daughter is murdered and he's just finding a way to um, learn how to kind of move on, but also forgive the murderer for, you know, this horrible thing and just learn to get past it and just how to heal. Um, And it just, you know, it's a, it's a religious movie and, you know, it's supposed, it's an amazing movie. It's a book as well, but people are wondering like, what is the message in that? Like, is there hidden, like why it just seemed a little bit out of, left field you know to say that so people are like is he saying that something happened in a shack is he saying that you know the suspect is you know has religious background or something like that like the you know everyone believes that everything they say is you know there's a reason because he's trying to talk to the killer and let the killers know that they know yeah who he is or they are that's Uh, yeah so we'll fast forward again so I, i didn't find too much um from the 2019 press conference until um, December of 2020. So just recently. Um, So I am going to, let me just make sure I'm saying the right names. There are two awesome, awesome, awesome podcasts. I suggest people listen to if they haven't. Um, The first one is called down the hill podcast. And that was done by HLN, which I don't know. I think that's a news station. I'd have to look it up. I believe it's a local one to Indiana. Um, that was really good. And then the Murder Sheets podcast is amazing. Um, they're also local in Indianapolis, and it's actually really cute. I just listened to a whole thing about them. It's um, a husband and wife who um, started this podcast. He's a lawyer. She's a journalist. And he was representing um, somebody in the Burger – I forget if it's called Burgerfy 
murders or burger something. It's a it was a murder in the seventies, which I know I've heard about, where um, like four or five kids were killed who all worked at a burger place, um, and they had that's like how they started. So these two met, started discussing it, and then met in person, and fell in love, and got married. So I think they're just and they're I think they're so cute, but I think they're they're also just amazing. They're very professional and they're journalists and a lawyer. So everything they do. Um, I think is coming from a good place and I'll explain why I'm saying this in a minute. So they, um, they kind of go into the case similar to what I did, but then they do talk to, they work with police. So they have contacts with the police from working on the, um, the burger shack that's called the burger shack murders. So they reach out and there's, I guess a website you can go to, to see if any transcripts if anything has come out about cases. And so in 2020, they find this, um, transcript of a man called um, Keegan Klein who is 27 years old um, and he and at the time of the murder he lived about half hour away and he had a Snapchat and Instagram called Anthony Shots um, so it was determined and it was determined back in 2017 that this Instagram account was talking to Libby and Kelsey actually messaged him and said, hey, have you heard anything? She, you know, she ended up kind of just going on to Instagram, seeing who Libby had, you know, who had liked her post recently or, you know, or commented anything on any of her photos and just messaged everybody, you know, just figured she'd throw it out there. So she talked to this guy and, you know, he didn't, he just said he had no, didn't know anything. Um, and then another friend had talked to him and he had said, oh, that, you know, she's, the friend said, hey, did you hear what happened to Libby? And he replied, oh my God, what happened? And so, which to me is just like, that's a weird response because it's like, if someone's like, hey, do you hear like what happened to Chrissy? I wouldn't be like, oh my God, like thinking it's something bad. Maybe it's something good. You know, like, I don't know. It just seemed weird. Like, no, I didn't. Like what happened? You know, like, I don't know. Bad. You know, we would. Yeah. But that's not normal people. <laughs> yeah, no, that's true. That's true. Um, but so he, you know, this Anthony Schatz um, is a Instagram account of a, like, the kid is probably 20 to 24. Um, it's a catfish account. So he stole pictures from, it actually turned out to be in Alaska. I think he's a state trooper up in Alaska, but he's also a model. So, you know, like a really good looking guy. Um and he used this account to talk to underage girls and to try to get them to send him pictures. Um, so that was the whole point of this account was to really just solicit girls um, to either meet up with them or what, I don't know, whatever, sell their photos. I mean, he's not, he's not a good guy. Um, so he is currently in jail. He's awaiting sentencing. And the, the document that um, – the podcast released, I believe was like 160 pages. And it's like the cops interrogating him and just talking about first, they kind of start with everything that's on his computer. And it's a lot of child porn, um, gross, gross stuff. They get into a lot of details and he acknowledges that it's there. He takes responsibility, his house. So they were the second house raided in this search. So they were tipped off to the clients very early so Anthony lives with his father, uh, Tony Klein, who is also a shady kind of guy. Um, he he doesn't have any uh, charges like Anthony, or I'm sorry, that Keegan does, but um, he has gotten in trouble in the past for um, stalking women and intimidating women. And uh, they've had interviews with his stepkids and said he was definitely a physically abusive um mentally abusive just not a good guy um and he to me looks like bridge guy but other people don't think so i think so yeah i think so too uh, um, yeah definitely like and i know he's older and so it's funny that you know now they're saying it's the, uh, the younger guy but it's to me i think the sketches are of both of them and that they're both involved in some way um, that's my, that's my gut feeling, um, whether it is that, you know, because, so this account, this Anthony Schatz account, they, he had this one, then he had one called Emily Ann, where he posed as a female because he felt girls would be more comfortable talking to a female. Um, 
And for the same exact reason to, you know, get them to send pictures, to exchange pictures, videos, and just bad stuff. Um, so he, Keegan, is currently in jail. His father is not. Um, so I wrote a list of suspects, and I don't think I'm when going to. They... Oh, go ahead. When did they pick him up? 2020. So December 2020. Okay. Yep. So, and then they just released the transcript, um, I think maybe a month or two ago, which is maybe why this may have been why it came on my radar. Maybe something popped up in, I don't know, on Facebook or somewhere about it. And I was like, let me look at this, like a new breakthrough. Um, But so I, again, I started my suspect list and I'm just going to give you, give you the number because it's, um, it's pretty insane. Like, I feel like I have 10 people listed. Um, one, two, hold on, go back here. Sorry, Penelope is helping me. So I'm trying to also be, watch how I say things. Um, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Yes. So I have, uh, 11 people and I know I omitted a ton of them because again, everything on these podcasts is coded with, um, initials only. So you can't really, um, it's hard to reference who people are, but there is like a cheat sheet that has everybody's name. Um, but, and I will tell you, the clients are not even on here because they're, people said because they're such an obvious choice, but I think it's because they, they came out, I think this information came out more recently about them. So, um, when did, do we know when the police questioned them about, for the first time about this? Like, oh, when they be, like you said, they came on the police, yeah, um, fairly early. Yep. So they raided their house. Um, so, okay, they were the second house to get raided. The first house to get raided was of a a 23-year-old who I believe was also communicating with Libby. Um, and keep in mind, Libby's only 14. So a 23-year-old communicating with Libby. Um, and he lives close to where the bodies were found, but they were cleared. So that family was cleared that was the first raid the second raid was of the client's house and um that was i believe in the end of february so after very very shortly after um i you know i think that they were able to obviously connect him to the account the anthony shots account but i think that when you're looking at so much um i'm actually going to spell it because i have someone in the room p-o-r-n with children um that it's just a harder case to build. So that would be my guess is that they're just focusing on that um, mostly and kind of, you know, trying to build that case and hoping that it leads to, you know, the suspect of who the murderer is. Um, So the clients, uh, Keegan and his dad went to Vegas shortly after the murders occurred. He looked up this case a million times in Vegas, you know, which is definitely crazy. He looked at this case. He checked if can police trace um, ISP locations. Um, he listened to the voice of the bridge guy over and over again. And they asked him about this and he kind of just dismissed it as, you know, I'm local. This happened a town over. It's, you know, or you know, a couple towns over. And it's, it's just something in my area that I wanted to see what was going on. You know, just kind of very nonchalant about it. Like, I was just interested. He doesn't admit to talking to Libby. Um, He says he thinks he talked to her friend at a sleepover. And then, but then later on, he kind of says, oh yeah, 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 I think I talked to her. She was annoying, so I blocked her. So he's definitely, you know, he he contradicts himself constantly in this document. Um, But, you know, I would be insanely shocked if they had nothing to do with this. Whether it be that you know, this, I, I'm imagining this profile, um, the Anthony shots profile and even the Emily Ann is one that multiple, they think multiple people are using it. They do think it's two people from the house, but you know, you don't know who has access to their documents. Maybe other people can log in and, you know, I could see them, you know, other sick people in the area, maybe kind of see this information, know where the girls are going to be. They do think that because he does say I was supposed to meet up with her, but she didn't show. He doesn't say I was supposed to meet up with her at the bridge, 
but you know it's like how like oh my god like why would you even say that if that's not true you know that's such an incriminating statement to make um you know but I'm sure blocked her or was he saying he met up with he said he he's told a friend that when she said did you hear about Libby and this was I believe the next day um or two days after and he said oh my god I was supposed to meet up with Libby that day um but she never showed okay yeah, so, and then friends had said that he was um, really, you know, or I'm sorry, that she was really, like, obsessed with Anthony Shots, you know, the guy that she thought she was talking to, you know, was really excited and just, you know, he's, if you look him up, I mean, he's a great, he's a good-looking guy. And yeah. you, when you're 14, you think that's who you're talking to, you're, you know, of course you're excited. So, um, yeah, that's. That's kind of, I mean, I won't get into them, any other suspects again. There, I, there was another guy who um, is in jail as well for um, attempted, I don't know if it's attempted murder, but it was definitely kidnapping and uh, rape of a child who was nine, his neighbor. So he's in jail and he lives close by. So he was a suspect, but I think he was cleared as well. Um, and then there's another guy who catfished a man it's like a group of people who did this and they killed this man he was a suspect for a while but i believe he's been cleared as well but this is just the kind of things you're running into and like everyone's in this area and you're like what is going on with this area like what is wrong with people it's just crazy it's kind of crazy though because um you would think with the amount of technology nowadays it would be so easy to figure this out. Find it out with the phone on, the camera on, the, like GPS locations. Yeah. But as far as we've come, it's still, I guess, not right there. Um, another question I was wondering, because, I mean, we live more in a city area, so I guess it would be different. Um, but weren't, weren't there any, like, video cameras around on anywhere? Anything? So they do, yes, they they vaguely mentioned this, and I wish I had done, taken better notes on it, that they may have had a, a vehicle they were looking at that was caught on video, but then they never go back to that. So I believe there's some cameras, um, but not many, and there's not, I don't think there's many cameras on the trails. Um, you know, there's so a few suspects, I won't say their names, but one was the property owner where the girl's body was found because it was actually private property that abutted the trails. And this poor guy, he passed away, but he was, like, really harassed until he until he died. You know, like, people just thought, everyone in town just thought it was him. You know, he was, like, 70, too. He wasn't, you know, he's not young. Um, and then there's another guy who, I think I told you to look into him, the one who, he forgot, his car was parked um, next to this abandoned CPS building, which is close, I believe it's close to the cemetery, which is the route that they think the killer got away in on. Um, and he said that he lost his keys and that his wife had to bring him his keys. And the story was just a little weird. His truck ended up being there from the 13th to the 14th, which is a little bit odd. Um, but again, like the, these are all speculation. And when you go onto these groups and onto these pages, you know, some of them, are a little more open than others and they'll, they'll outright call people out. But I think a lot of them are trying to be more respectful because they're, you know, it isn't about ruining the lives of everybody <laughs> involved right. in the area. And even the couple, um, the arguing couple, uh, I believe they, um, hold on. You broke up a little. What did uh, you say? I was just curious of what they had to say. So they, um, I believe he was one of the, no, I believe she was a witness because they passed somebody who looked similar, but he was looking down. So she, I believe, helped with the one of the sketches, but I don't know which one. But they were brought through the ringer because she, I believe, was engaged to someone else or he was and they were out together. So, you know, like not really a couple. So again, it's just like this, this one thing that happens is just like, you know, ruining People's, you know, because everything is coming out about people, which is why I'm hesitant to even say names because it's like, 
you know, I don't know these people and these are, this is an open case and these are real people in real lives. Uh, I have no problem mentioning Keegan because he's in jail and I think he's horrible. And I mean, Tony is innocent and, you know, as, as of right now. Um, but you just never, I mean, I don't know. But yeah. Again, it could be someone, it could be, you know, I think a lot of people for a long time were like, thought it was just like a random opportunity, like, Somebody was kind of stalking the trails. Yeah. And um, sorry, Penelope's playing with stuff. Yeah. Oh my God, Penelope, sorry. Um, that someone was just out there. Turn this off, please. She's using Paul's massager. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so still, again, it's just one of those cases that's like, and. I try, I do try, I'm like, I got to stop reading this. I got to stop looking at it because it's, it's depressing to read, but it's like the more names come up, you know, someone will have a theory and you're like, oh man, that sounds crazy. And then I have to like search by their initials, find the document that has the names and then like find any post about it. Like the crazy things like, and like, you know, all different avenues this brings you down is just it's insane. And that's, that's the hardest thing I think with cases. Well, yeah. You want, you want yeah. Yeah, I can't even imagine what the family is because I know, you know, I don't resolution enough. Uh, so I, I, my heart goes out to the family. But yeah, I feel you know, awful with all the people involved. It's it's kind of uh, kind of amazing how something can you know open Pandora's box for just two people walking down a road together. That's you know. I guess shouldn't have been or whatever the case there, but it like, you know, it opens a door for everyone else that was in the area. Yeah. On and you never think that it's going to be brought to light. What's going, what, what you're doing because of something like this for, for situation. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, um, yeah, I think it's, this definitely is the, I'm actually trying to think, I might be lying about that. I was going to say this is the first case we talked about that's unsolved, but that's not true. Um, but this is a very recent one. And again, I think like we talked about with all the technology, with having a photo, having a recording, being a small town where everyone should know everybody. It's like, how, how is this still not solved? Yeah, exactly. I think that's this crazy art uh, with everything that's out there it, it, and it kind of I I think the girls are great for um doing what they did recording it that's you know that they yeah. have enough insight to do that if something was going to go down at least that would be you know they'd have that yeah I don't think adults would think to do that never mind kids no I don't yeah I, I've been thinking about that a lot I don't know if I would I, I'm sure I wouldn't do that you know like I just I would definitely be creeped out by someone I would think it I may even say it but I don't think I would think enough to record somebody I know I wouldn't record I would think enough to call someone and like have the phone running if I was that creeped out but I would never think to like take a photo or record it or do anything like that yeah I'm like either 911 to send or like someone to call right away um, when I'm creeped out in like a parking lot or something, but again, that's only going to go so far, you know, yeah. take a photo. Yeah, no, it's crazy. And so, oh yeah, what I was going to say is a lot of the theories is that because I was telling you the bridge, you know, I, I believe it was open at that time, but there are barriers. You're not supposed to go on it. There is private land it crosses over there. So they think that this guy pretend, pretended to be some kind of law enforcement or something, to kind of get them to go, you know, go off the trail, you know, like you're not supposed to be out here. You're not supposed to be out on the bridge, something like that. Cause it's like, how can one person control two girls, you know? And that was, I was going to say too, that was the one thing. Cause I would think, um, I mean, unless there's a gun like that latest case of poor girl in Walmart parking lot. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, which I'm thinking is the case there. Um, yeah. How, when there's two kids, how could they not fight back? Yeah. And I don't think from what I've heard um, that there was any guns involved in this. 
Um, they do think there might have been a gun for intimidation. Oh, okay. Yeah, and there are even people who say it looks like he has a gun, like on a holster. Like if you like, people have seriously analyzed everything. Okay, so then that's you know, in that case, I can kind of um, being a, a game or controlling them, being able to control them. But even still, one in one direction, one in the other, you would think they would be able to do something. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, and it's just did one, you know, and did one have the opportunity to? Maybe they did. Maybe they had an opportunity to flee and they chose not to because they don't want to leave the other person in that situation. I don't know. Right. So, um, yeah, it's just, yeah, it's a, again, it's a crazy case. There's so much, you know, there's, again, there's a million podcasts out there that really, you know, they break down this case like, minute by minute and it's amazing they have some great interviews um murder sheet again i just think i that they're i think they're doing a great job they're getting a lot of heat because they um that transcript that they released um was posted this is the the stories that it was posted to the website uh by clerical error so like a clerk a town clerk had posted it the transcript and they happened to log in at the right time, saw it, downloaded it, and then they did. They called the police um, and just said, hey, we have this. Um, could we, you know, what are the ramifications if we release it? They didn't hear anything for two weeks. Um, so they went ahead and released it, but they did. It is redacted, so any names or anything that could point to, you know, who they're talking about because, you um, Keegan definitely has, two, there's two friends that he mentions, friend one, friend two, and it seems like he tries to pin stuff on them a lot, but we don't, you know, the names are taken out for their protection. Um, but again, it's, it's just crazy this, that this got released that way. And then some people say, well, maybe, again, maybe it's all tactic, like letting the person know that they, they do know everything, that they're waiting and they're building this case against them, you know, against more than just... Keegan, because he's definitely involved in, you know, some, some shady things and um, just opens up, opens up a lot of questions, I guess. Yeah, and it is kind of crazy um, what they ordered to talk to, talk to um, the suspects and, you know, how they, the manipulation of the media um, to get to them. So you never know. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I don't know. I hope I, I do feel again, and I know you and I talked about this a few times in advance because it's such a crazy case. I know we wanted to kind of talk it through before we recorded it, but I think we both hope or feel like it's something's close, like that they're, they're close to being there. And maybe that's why things are being released now. Cause I mean, this Keegan's been in jail for almost two years now, you know, waiting for trial for, you know, the um, child porn charges, so. And now that they're trying to get him on that, they definitely have to be careful of how they approach anything else. Because yeah. That then it could throw that case. Exactly, yeah, and that's a big, like, a lot of people think that's how him and his dad made money. Like, his dad actually worked at, was it Subaru? He worked at one of the car dealerships nearby, um, like a third shift job. Maybe it was Chrysler. Um but they, he constantly, they're constantly be posted about, like lots of money and cash. So it's like they did, Keegan for sure did not have a regular job. He's 20 years old at the time and he didn't go to college. So it's like he's making money somehow. So they think selling images on the dark web is how he made his money. So I'm sure it's not only, you know, would they be nabbing him, which is great, but they also want to get everybody who has been involved with these accounts and who's sharing this type of disgusting material. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, as much as I do hope that they're involved so it can just be resolved, but it's also like, thank God they're getting them, you know, off the street and, you know, solving, at least getting rid of the, like that one issue, the child porn ring off the streets. But it, I, I do wonder, it's like, why didn't they arrest him in 2017 if they had all that? Why have, wait yeah. two or three years? I have um, with that whole situation. That's why I was like, so when did they bring, like, look at them? figure out this stuff um but again on that stuff it could go right down like they have to be careful on what they're 
charging them or bringing them in for because again one wrong move and more yeah than just them personally looking at it themselves um so you would would definitely have to be more careful because of that yeah no definitely yeah i think it's real it's complicated again i think that all this stuff complicates things and it just shows it's not it's not a straightforward just you know opportunity or even serial killer not that that's straightforward but you know someone who that's what they're looking to do it's like maybe they knew maybe Libby knew she was being cat but you know maybe she said something maybe there's more to it maybe she's I don't know you know like it it all comes back to that Anthony Schott's account though so I think that it's gonna play I mean I'm sure it will play a huge role in everything and hopefully hopefully we'll just get it solved feel bad for whoever's image that is that's gonna suck yeah, I know. I know. Um, I think they, there's an interview out there with him somewhere. Um, but yeah, that would be traumatizing. Like, it's just, it's just, yeah. It makes, and honestly, if anything, this case has made me want to delete all of my social media. Like, mine, my kids, everything. Yeah. You know, like, it's just, yeah. Yeah, what's it getting used for? What's, yeah or even just someone taking your images like like pretending to be you like just a you know and that's what i hope with um like facebook where it's private you know you hope it's private no one can get people you're allowing um but even then you uh, you know is it really though yeah yeah i don't think i'm sure it's not you know like yeah if you know if you know your way around i'm sure you know your way around yeah yeah and that's like, and yeah, and I'm guilty for always like posting pictures of my kids all the time and not like covering their face. I know, um, same. So, yeah, I don't know, but definitely for kids, that's a whole nother level. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's you know these girls are Emma's age, so it's like, ugh. Yeah, you know, yeah. I'm constantly like, don't I? I don't want you on any social media. So, yeah, as much as as long as they can not travel down that road, that's what I'm doing with mine. Which is probably not that long, but yeah, I'm gonna try. Yeah, yeah, it's it's hard. It's hard to shelter them, you know. So especially whenever you know, not that you should let people do things because everyone has it, but it's it's tough. Yeah, no, it is tough. It definitely is. I mean, that whole, like, I remember being younger and um, kids just not watching TV because we didn't have the internet like this. Um, but, like, parents wouldn't let kids watch TV and would be sitting there talking about disabilities. Like, I don't even know what you're talking about. Yeah. I like to watch TV and it sucks. It's, it does rob them of some, you know, some social aspect of it. But um, at the same time, definitely managing that yeah yeah no it's um yeah because I feel like I I think I was think I was even telling you like I remember being like it was like the late 90s and being like in those chat rooms and like people would like message you and like I remember me and my friends would be messing around and like trying to be funny back and then but when people got weird we were like oh my god like would get scared you know but you know but this was like literally like we were talking about like we'd be in our friend's living room or something, or like a, I think it was actually her son room. So like on the family, there's one computer that everybody shared, you know, like it wasn't like now where they have their phones and, you know, tablets and just, oh. Yeah. More, more opportunity for it to be missed by parents or. Yeah. It is. Um, yeah. So, I mean, social media is so great and so horrible. Yeah. No, it really is. It really is. Um, um, I think is pretty much, you know, one of the best things that have ever come and one of the worst things that have ever come out. Yeah, it's, um, yeah, it's, it's scary. That's like, if anything, that's like this whole week I've just, or the two weeks I've been researching, like, oh, I just feel like, like, not scared, like, you know, for any, but just like, it's scary. Like, when you look at this tiny town and all these creeps are coming out, like, you know, like all the suspects, it's like, yes, that could be them. Yes, it could be them. 
Yeah. You know, like that's creepy. Yeah. All right. So now I'll watch some Disney movies or something tonight and I'll feel better. <laughs> we we tried little uh no uh Little Mermaid the other day and that didn't go over well. Jilly it was was so scared and I'm like, what I watched this as a kid and as you know, Ursula's coming out of the dark. I'm like, Yeah, I guess it is scary. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's a little scary. <sighs> oh. We didn't make it too far in that movie. And I think I ruined it for her. Oh. <laughs> oh, here comes my little sick child. All right. Well, we'll have to figure out what we do for our next uh, case. And yes. we'll, uh, uh, hopefully it's not as dark as this one. I mean, I guess they're all dark because we like dark subject matter. But <laughs> hopefully yeah. something, maybe a sol- Maybe we'll do a solved one. So it's uh, not as, I don't know. I think those are better because you get resolution out of it at least. Yeah, yeah, definitely. The unsolved hard. Yes, for sure. All right. Well, thank you. It was nice to finally record, and yeah, hopefully, let's not do six months again. Let's try to schedule sooner for sure. Yes. Yeah. Definitely. Hopefully, maybe put something out once a month would be nice just to start there. Yeah. Do realistic expectations. So yeah, hopefully in a month we'll have a new, new uh, case to talk about, and yeah, that'll be good. Right. Well, until right. enjoy your day. Enjoy your hair appointment. Yes, I uh, have an hour to go. Can't wait. Nice. <laughs> Love it. They're still there, so I think I can make it. Awesome. Have fun and send me pictures. All right. Well. All right. Bye. Bye.